you can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From The Australian, here's what's on The Front. I'm Claire Harvey. It's Tuesday, November 21. 90% of new cars are supposed to be electric by the end of this decade, but we're not going to hit that target, with government officials predicting just one-third of cars will be electric by 2030. That's bad news for the government's pledge to cut emissions by 43%. We predicted it right here on the front, and now Optus Chief Executive Kelly Bayer-Rosmarin is gone. The embattled boss quit after a defiant performance at a Senate inquiry into Optus's disastrous all-day, all-platform outage. The meltdown on November 8 was the result of Optus's routers crashing after a routine upgrade. Optus tried to blame parent company Singtel, but the Singaporeans weren't taking the blame. That made Rosmarin's job untenable. In the spotlight now is who'll lead Australia's second biggest telco, Former New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian is in the running, but she was nowhere to be seen as Rosmarin apologised her way around the nation after the outage. Other candidates are CFO Michael Venter and Chief Operating Officer Peter Kaliaropoulos. But Singtel says it'll run an international recruitment process. It's the tale of two sports, how cricket turned itself around to make our men's team the world's best while Australian rugby ground itself into the dust. As cricket's winners continue to party, rugby's losers have dumped their chairman. The front's Kristen Amiot has that story. And that is it. Andre Watson brings down the curtain on the... 1999 Rugby World Cup. Australia the winners, 35 to 12. They become the first country to win the trophy twice. 1999 was the last time Australia won a Rugby World Cup. The victory by Johnny Eels' Wallabies squad capped off a dominant decade for the national team. The Wallabies also lifted the coveted Webb Ellis Trophy in 1991 triumphing over England, who were both defending champions and hosts of the Rugby World Cup. And that's it! The final whistle blows. Australia said from day one they weren't coming here to run second and they've taken the trophy. It was a golden era of Australian rugby union. Players like Eels, George Gregan, Matt Burke, David Campisi, Phil Kearns and Ewan McKenzie solidified their legend status. School kids, tradies and everyone in between wanted to be a wallaby. So what do we want to be? Wallaby. A wallaby. And then it all fell apart. Players who'd once coveted the green and gold jersey jumped ship to the NRL. Crowds dwindled in stadiums and on TV. For a while there, you couldn't even watch a game on free-to-air TV. Coaches came and went, and then came back, and then went again some with barely a tournament under their belts. Eddie Jones has quit as Wallaby's coach less than a year after being appointed to the job. His decision to step down follows a tumultuous World Cup campaign in France. And the organisation's senior leadership started to resemble a revolving door. 
Rugby Australia chairman Hamish McLennan has been ousted from the top job after an extraordinary late-night meeting. There's a major development tonight in Australian rugby. The CEO, Raylene Castle, has resigned after the board made it clear she no longer had its confidence. My sense is that we now need a period of renewal in Australian rugby, which is why I've told the board that I will step aside as CEO once they have found a replacement. Almost a quarter of a century after Australia last tasted Rugby World Cup glory, the final humiliation came. The Wallabies have suffered an embarrassing exit at the Rugby World Cup. They were thrashed this morning by Wales, 40 to 6. The Wallabies never failed to reach the quarterfinals in the previous nine tournaments. In 2018, Australian cricket was in a similarly bad way. The men's team was plagued by scandal, on and off the field. Former captain Steve Smith and vice-captain David Warner, some of the best to ever play the game, were ousted after a cheating scandal. A third player, Cameron Bancroft, has also been banned for nine months for his role in a ball-tampering scandal. Bancroft was caught on camera placing a small object down his trousers during a match in Cape Town on Sunday. Cricket Australia's investigators have now revealed it was sandpaper. Public altercations erupted. Tensions between players and coach found their way into the media as the game's greats lamented the breakdown. Cricket Australia has plunged further into crisis with Justin Langer quitting as national men's coach following a tumultuous six months. And to cap it off, they just weren't winning. What a difference a year makes. On Sunday night, the Australian men followed decisive victories in the Ashes and the World Test Championships with a record sixth one-day International Cricket World Cup win over India. And Australia win the World Cup for the sixth time and in front of 120,000 people. They've upstaged the home team in magnificent fashion. It's a tale of two sports with markedly different conclusions. Coming up after the break, how cricket turned it around and why rugby's still struggling. A troubled young woman. Her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Rugby's woes in Australia boil down to one thing, bad decisions. This is the worst-rung sport in Australia right now. Jessica Halloran is The Australian's chief sports writer. The boardroom is constantly full of chaos. There's no alignment at the moment. You had quite a dynamic and proactive chairman who did all these pretty incredible deals for a code that is losing relevance here in the Australian sporting landscape. He secured a major sponsorship with Cadbury. He helped secure the 2027 and 29 World Cups. He made some questionable decisions, his critics will say, around the recruitment of Eddie Jones. Some people aren't happy with the recruitment of Joseph Suwali'i 
from rugby league. But he was big, he was bold, he attracted a lot of headlines and a lot of attention, which this code needed. Now, he was clearly speared. But again, going back to your original question, I would say bad governance. It is a very unsteady ship and has been for a good 11 years. There's a lot to be learned from the cricket, which, despite its on-field theatrics, has generally been a steadier ship on calmer seas. I think cricket's turnaround started with Kerry Packer and that breakaway league, and it's the same with rugby league, the Super League war. Yes, they were really tumultuous times, but eventually what you saw was these two codes ripped apart by these rich media magnates that came in and started these rebel leagues. But what it did, it blew up the federated model pretty much in both codes. And now that has not happened to rugby union. It is still governed by a federated model and that means the states have a lot of power. And that's what's really seen Hamish McLennan ousted here is that you had six states going, he's not doing a very good job, he's arrogant, we don't like him, and the board has capitulated to this and therefore the states win and rugby's in the same position it's been for a very long time. It's got a very long history of doing this, of overthrowing leaders who are quite dynamic and bullish. So rugby is in big trouble yet again. Do you think rugby can turn it around? I think the only way it can be turned around is some kind of super league happening here. It doesn't feel like to me that this board chaired by Dan Herbert, will go ahead and revolutionise the governance of this game. I mean, time will tell. I'm happy to be proved wrong. I hope I'm proved wrong. But I think for the good of the sport, they need to revolutionise their governance model. That's what H. McLennan wanted to do. And as he was making these moves towards centralising the high-performance system and the governance of the code, he was ousted pretty quickly. Fresh off a record-breaking World Cup win, the question for cricket now becomes, can they sustain it? I only see more and more success. Look, even in the Women's Big Bash on November 26, we've got a game coming up. It's the first ever standalone SCG game for the women and that's a really big moment and this is a really big time for the sport and this is also a sport that pays the women the most. And they've got to be lauded for that. So I would say cricket's in really great shape. Jess, there have been plenty of success stories in the women's games while all of this drama has been going down both in the cricket and in the rugby. And I don't want to downplay any of those achievements by asking this question, but do you think all this drama has motivated fans to look further afield for that entertainment and passion and athleticism If you look at the best governed sports, they're the ones that treat their women the best. Can cricket do more? Absolutely. And I think that's going to happen sooner rather than later. Whereas you look at rugby union and they've only just started playing their players, paying their players properly, and it's nowhere near what the men are making. And that's a real disappointment. The Front's Kristen Amiot with that story. Thanks for joining us on The Front. Big news in the DNA inquiry in Queensland, the Commission says forensics boss Lindsay Wilson-Wild failed to tell a previous inquiry of catastrophic problems in the lab, but she won't be losing her job. You can read all about that, including a searing take from our own Hedley Thomas, 
right now at theaustralian.com.au. I'm Sarah Lamarquin, Editor-in-Chief of Stella and host of our podcast called Something to Talk About. Every weekend we publish a new episode where you'll hear compelling personalities, strong opinions and thought-provoking conversations. I wanted to be able to do it in my time when I was ready and speak my truth when I was ready. The topic of when do I become a mum, that is in my mind 24-7. Search for Something to Talk About wherever you listen to your podcasts.